Are you obsessed with your shoes? If not, then you probably don't have Rothy's. Because when you have shoes that are comfortable, washable, and come in tons of styles and colorways, obsession is basically mandatory. There's a Rothy's shoe for every occasion. Flats, sneakers, loafers, ankle boots, and more. Step up your shoes this spring with a new pair of Rothy's. For a limited time, get $20 off your first purchase when you go to rothys.com comfort. That's $20 off at rothys.com comfort. It is Wednesday, August 26th, 8.02 p.m., and today we're in my little recording booth. This is Writing Walks, and I'm your guide, Alexi Talander. So this episode is going to be a little different in that I'm not actually going on a walk anywhere. Um, Due to the pandemic going on right now, Plus, I live in Northern California, as you probably know from these episodes. Um, We've been going through a series of really bad wildfires over the last couple weeks. Um, While the fires are mostly under control right now, at least in the area that I am living in, um, the smoke is really bad all around, so I haven't been able to arrange and schedule a time to go on an actual walk to one of the public parks around here um, due to the smoke a level of smoke in the air and stuff. So it's not been fun having to work and wear a mask all day. So I decided to do an episode from my little recording booth, which is my desk and mic and laptop in my bedroom. I'll put up a few photos of uh, this so you can get an idea of what it looks like. And the only thing I'm doing different to my usual recording is I've left the window open. So you might be able to pick up a little ambient sound in the background of cars going by. Uh, I'm not sure if my neighbors or people who live in the complex next to us or near me might make any noise, so you might get some suburban atmosphere while I'm doing my writing walks today. So we're going to be talking as usual about two topics and then a recommendation. So I'm going to be starting off with getting stuck when you're writing, and then I'll be talking a little bit about word counts And after that, I'll have my recommendation. So getting stuck. I actually got inspired by this from another podcast I listened to called Podcast Pontifications by Evo Terra. Um, It's a real great podcast if you're in podcasting at all, like they're making podcasts or are interested in how they're all made and, and the business side of it a little bit and the technical side. Um, Because he has a four times a week show, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, of less than 10 minutes every episode is. And he talks about something to do with the podcast industry. And it's insightful stuff. It could be predicting stuff of what he thinks is going to happen, where a certain idea or development is going to go. But it's always something to do with podcasting. So if you're in that sphere at all, it's really interesting. And again, that's podcast pontifications. And he had an episode this last week about getting stuck as a podcaster when you're making your podcast. And as I was listening to it and interested to hear the ideas and agreed with a lot of them, I realized a lot of them also applied to writing. And since I had this writing walks coming up, I thought it would be a good little topic to talk about. Of course, it does kind of lean towards the other dreaded topic of writer's block, which I intentionally didn't want to use because, well, one, I honestly have never suffered from writer's block, never had a really strong 
writer's block moment where I couldn't write anything. And two, I feel there's a lot of stigma attached to that expression. This idea that you're totally locked in this thing and there's no way out of it and you're just trapped until something frees up and you're ready to get going again. I feel there's a lot of baggage and weight attached to the term and that's why I don't really like it. I don't really like to use it. So I thought of a nicer way of saying it was getting stuck as a writer. So basically this is when you're writing, whatever project it might be, a short story, a little exercise, a book, a series, whatever it might be, and all of a sudden the words stop coming. You find yourself stuck. You're at this point, you're not sure what the character is going to say next. You can't work out what the character is going to say next, or you can't work out what's going to happen next in the story. Something just doesn't feel right, and you find yourself trapped, kind of. And so then you take a break from it, um, work on some other things maybe, or go elsewhere, take a walk, whatever, trying to get your mind off it. And you come back to it, and you're still stuck. There's still nothing coming, no new material being generated in your mind or on the page. So you are for all intents and purposes, stuck in your writing. I have had this maybe once or twice, but not really that much. So that was another reason I didn't want to use the term writer's block, as I said before, because I hadn't really experienced it that much. But I do have some ideas on a few techniques. And again, I, uh, some of these techniques were talked about in that podcast pontifications episode um, that will also, again, apply to writing. So... One of the first things I think you should try when you're writing a scene, especially if it's a dialogue scene, and you find yourself stuck with not sure what's going to happen next, what's going to be said next. One of the easiest things to do is to switch characters. If it's dialogue between two characters, switch to the other character and either try and continue writing that scene where you left off or start the scene over again from the other character's point of view and see where it takes you. It might at least help you get past that point you can't get past. And then you can determine later on if you want to then rewrite it again from your original character's point of view and rehash all that. Or just keep that in there as something you tried a little different um, and then switch back to your other character later on. It's really, it really gives you some ideas of what to play around with. But the, point, the, the important part of it is it gets you over that writer's block. It gets you past that writing point and moving on further with the story. The same can be said for when you are writing just a narrative scene, whether it's description or story or whatever plot, and you're just stuck with what's going to happen next. You're trying to think your way out of this box, out of what you've gotten into, and how you're going to get out of it, and you just can't think of it. Um, again, I do recommend switching a point of view. And by this I mean if you're in first person, switch to third person. And if you're in third person, switch to a first person point of view. And you really want to go back a little bit, trying to start the scene over again from this different point of view, because it will give you a fresh perspective on the scene that you haven't had before. And that can then help you get past the little stumble in the road that you hit and see where it takes you afterwards. You can also, as another technique, skip ahead if you know kind of what's going to happen later on and then write on more and more, and then as you get far enough, you realize what you needed to fix in that previous scene, or what needed to be changed. Or as you get even to the end of the story, you might realize that the scene isn't even that needed. 
and you can cut it out entirely. Um, but this can be dangerous because if you do it once, you might do it again during the book, and then you might find yourself skipping a little too much and losing part of your story. So it's a little dangerous with that. So I'd recommend not doing it too much, maybe once, maybe twice in the whole, if it's a book length project. Um, if it's a short story, definitely only once, if that helps you get past that point. In that podcast pontifications episode, one of the techniques he recommended was doing the complete opposite from whatever you're working on when you're stuck with your podcast. And I think the same technique would work with writing too, where your character is in a certain situation and you're just stuck with what's going to happen next. So switch things around. Basically, wherever they are, flip it completely on its head. Have him do something that would be totally out of character for that character. Do something totally unexpected. Do something completely unpredictable that doesn't feel like it necessarily fits with the story, but it will move the story forward. That can work. And then at least, again, you've gotten over that hurdle, you're moving along forward, and hopefully you're back on the rails of your story and can keep going on. And again, you can always fix what the little problem you had earlier later on. You can always rearrange it then, but hopefully by that point, because you've moved further on, you'll know where you're going, where things are leading, and how to possibly fix that little thing. Um, this again works with, especially if you've finished more of your project, uh, to use a beta reader too is another option. To have them look at it, read the story up to that point, if you've got more, read past it, and then they can possibly offer an outside view that you wouldn't be able to see being the writer of the story who's locked in and very close to it. They can give you a different perspective, a different angle to the story that you may not have seen before that can help. And this can be um, a beta reader who's a good friend of yours, who knows your writing, though I'd also recommend if you have any beta readers or people who would like to read your stuff who don't really know you that well, because again, you're going to get that kind of different perspective, that unexpected angle that you wouldn't necessarily get with family or friends that know you really well. So here are some techniques that I thought might help with you when you are getting stuck as a writer. What I've found um, for actual like personal exercises that work for me when I'm not sure what's going to happen next is taking walks, going on a run, doing something distracting that will take my mind off it for a moment, and then I'll find that as I'm doing something else, strenuous, even going to the gym, you know, exercising, strenuous exercising, going for a swim, something like that, it can help your mind focus on something else. And then in the back of your mind, you're kind of working on that story or project that you're trying to figure out. All of a sudden, you'll see there's the link. There's the next step. That's what your character needs to do to get to the next point. And you'll have it solved for you. So that's my thoughts on getting stuck as a writer and some ideas of how to help you with that. Again, I would avoid ever saying you have writer's block because it can be a damning offense that can be bigger than the actual problem you are really dealing with. I don't think um, you can really ever get stuck as a writer. You just need to find a way to break yourself out of whatever little rut you're in. And then we'll be back to normal and writing again. So now let's talk a little bit about word counts, which kind of ties in a little bit with getting stuck in that word counts can be good. 
but they can also be bad and harmful to you when you're writing. I've always been a big fan of word counts um, just because it's fun to see how many words you're putting on the page, how many words you've done a day, how many words you're doing an hour, how far along a project is getting. Uh, you've probably looked up before for certain books, especially long books, whether it's by you know, your Stephen King's or your big historical fiction narratives, different long books, Lord of the Rings, just to see how many words there are in there. Oh, it's 200,000 words, 300,000 words. If you're a Brandon Sanderson fan or Epic Fantasy fan, you'll know those books tend to be very long and have lots of words in them. So it just kind of gives you an idea of how many words went into making that story. And of course, the thing to always remember is with long books or just any books in general, usually the finished product has been severely cut down anywhere from 20 to 30,000 words to 50,000 words from the original story because it gets cut, edited down, cut back, and honed into a better story because of it. Now, when it comes to your writing, you can set yourself an idea of Oh, I'm going to work on this short story, and I want it to be around 5,000 words. Oh, it's going to be a little longer short story. It's going to be 10,000 words. I'm going to write a novella. I'm going to write a novella. It's going to be about 40,000 words. Or you want to try a hand of the novel. There's also um, NaNoWriMo, National Novel Writing Month, which happens every November, where your goal is to write a novel within the 30 days of November. And the goal is to hit 50,000 words for the month, and then your novel is a thing, is real. I have done it two or three times, I think at least twice. Um, both times I did hit the 50,000 word goal, and both times both my novels weren't even close to being done. So I've, uh, while I enjoy the prospect of working hard during that month and getting a lot of words out, I do feel that you can't really call it a finished novel in any way by the time you get to that 50,000 word mark because I've always found there's so much more to the story I'm trying to tell. But it can be a very good kind of starting point, a springboard to get you solidly into your project and moving along steadily. And then the key really then is you continue on into December, not necessarily at the same fervent pace that you did in November to hit those daily goals and hit the month goal, but keep writing it through the months and even years if needed until you finish your project. It can be fun, again, to have that kind of goal in mind when you're writing, especially if you're writing for the day and you say, I want to do 500 words today. I want to do a thousand words today. I think this is a little bit of why NaNoWriMo is so popular and why it's done is because you do have to set yourself a word count goal each day to hit. Otherwise, you're going to be falling behind and not hitting that 50,000 word goal. So it can be fun. And it could be something that energizes you and exercises you and keeps you going to finish that project, to hit that goal each day as you need to. I've done it a little bit too with longer projects, um, especially if I'm writing a novel, I have a rough idea of it's going to be 100,000 words, 120,000 words, something like that. Um, again, I've usually gone over that, so it hasn't really done much to help me along the way as a guide. Um, but again, it is fun to see, oh, I wrote 8,000 words today, or I wrote 5,000 words, I wrote 2,000 words, whatever it is, just to see how many you do. I do like kind of seeing my, my daily totals that I do when I'm working on something. 
especially if it's like right now I'm actually working on a pretty big novel and the chapters are really long too. They're like 20 to 30,000 word chapters and I won't have finished a chapter when I finish a writing session, but I still might've written 4,000 words. So it can feel really good just to hit that kind of, not a goal that I've set for myself, but just to see, oh, I did 4,000 words. Good. Well, I felt like I got made some good headway there and I wrote a decent amount too. So that can definitely help you out there with that. Now, the dangerous side to word counts is they can take over what you're doing. They can take over your writing so that you're just thinking about that goal. It's always in your mind. You're just constantly checking that word count as you're typing and looking ahead and trying to see, am I there yet? How long do I have to get there? Do I Am I there? Am I getting closer? Do I need to be writing faster? Am I not doing enough now to hit that goal? And it can take over from the kind of writing flow, the writing process you get into when you get into a rhythm with writing. If you're getting fully into your story with your characters and your plot, every time you're thinking about that writing goal you want to hit for that day or you want to hit for the week, it's going to throw you out of that rhythm. It's going to have you thinking about something else when your mind should be fully in your story, and that you don't want to do. There are ways, depending on which um, writing program you use to turn off that word count meter of course if you're writing longhand then you don't have to worry about that at all um, but that if it helps you that way to turn it off and not have, not be able to see your word count um, that can help you just to focus on the story i do like that as an uh, option of that in scrivener which i use for a lot of my writing where you can just switch to full screen white page mode where you actually don't see anything except the words on the page there's no other details for you on the entire screen and it's great because then you can just focus on your writing and not be distracted by anything else. So I recommend that. And there's probably a similar thing you can do with Word. Um, and again, if you find yourself looking too much at that word count meter, and if there isn't a way to turn it off, maybe try a different program where you won't get distracted by that word count. I think you should look at a word count as a goal when you've kind of achieved your goal you were going for that day or that week to surprise yourself with the word count it shouldn't necessarily be something you're totally striving for and need to hit in a specific way the only time that i can think you really need to have a word count is if you are writing an article for a magazine or a newspaper or something like that where they say you need this many words or something like that that you have to hit that specific number but when it comes to writing especially in fiction creative fiction you don't want to hinder yourself in any way. You want to let it all be free and flow freely. And so that's where writing counts and shooting for writing goals can get dangerous to limit you. So again, try not to think too much of that writing count, that writing goal. Just let the words come, let the writing flow. And then when you're done for the day, then check how much you've written for that day. And it could be a real fun surprise to see how many words you put on the page and again, when you're in that rhythm, that mode of writing, and the words are just coming, and you're just locked into the story and loving every moment of it, you don't realize how much you are writing until you're done, and then you're ready to shut down on the program or whatever you're working on, and then you check that writing number, and you see how many words you wrote. And it's always a wonderful surprise to see how much came out of you in a relatively short amount of time, but again, because you're in that mode, it's all coming well and fast. So, word counts. They can be good, they can be bad, they can be dangerous. Use them wisely, use them helpfully, use them if they're working for you. If they're not working for you, don't use them.
just like with any other writing tool. You want it to help you, not hinder you. My recommendation for this episode is the Lady Astronaut series by Mary Robinette Kowal. There's actually three books now in the series, two shorter books around the 200-page mark, The Calculating Stars and The Faded Sky, and then, which kind of, they both came out together. And then just, I think it was last month in July, the third book in the series, Relentless Moon, which is a nice four to 500 page book, came out too, the third book. And it's just a fascinating story about the space race, except it's an alternate world in that a meteor hits uh, the eastern seaboard in the 50s, or maybe it's the 40s. No, it's the 50s, I think. And it totally changes the country. They have to move the capital to Kansas, and everything kind of changes. And then they're realizing that with this meteor, it's going to start causing immense global warming over a relatively short time. And they need to work on getting people into space, getting people to the moon, and getting people off planet to try and keep the human race alive. So it's kind of a battle for that. And it kind of mirrors nicely with a lot of the history of the actual space race during the 60s and definitely has some nods there and some references and things like that, which is a lot of fun. Um, What's also really great about it is there's so many great women characters in it. Um, They have these little lady astronauts who want to become astronauts. And of course, because it's the 50s and 60s, there's horrible sexism. But there's also the survival of the human race that is necessary. And so it's a great balance of driving for that and pushing for these women to become important figures in history. And there's also great diversity in the books, too. They do Characters do make it to the moon and start settling there. And then eventually they start looking to Mars and moving on to there, too. The dynamics of all the books are just so fun because the characters feel so real with their own problems and everything going on. But at the same time, it's a great sci-fi book with immense detail and everything scientific of how they're getting to the moon, what they're using, and how they're doing it. The author did an incredible amount of research and a really great job of just giving life to this world, this different world that we haven't lived through, and also telling a great sci-fi book. I would really recommend these now as a great foundational sci-fi for if someone wanted to get into the genre to start with these books. They start out short for the first two, and really just hook you in right at the beginning with their diverse characters, strong female characters, and it's just thrilling all along the way. I've enjoyed every one of them, and I really recommend it. So again, that's the Lady Astronaut series by Mary Robinette Kowal, and the first book is The Calculating Stars. All right, I think that about does it for this episode. Thank you very much for tuning in and listening and downloading. I don't know whether the next episode will be happening here again at my little studio or if I'll be able to go outside or not. Time will tell. We'll see. But either way, there will be a new episode next month on October 1st, as always, on the first of the month. And if you would like to support the show at all, you can do that at patreon.com slash osteumpodcast. Any level gets you access to ad-free episodes as well as the little um, notes I make about the episode and um, any photos I take. Like I said, I am going to do a few photos today of my little writing booth here. And um, you get access also to all my other shows that I do on the Patreon with a whole bunch of bonus extras. That's the Ostium Podcast, the Cersei Podcast, 
um, all the writing walks extras too and there's a whole ton of stuff on there so again that's patreon.com slash podcast thanks again for listening and i'll see you on the next writing walks <laughs>